They say small business is the backbone of America. So what's the best way to support a small business? It is to learn more about them and share with your family and friends. We interview founders from across the world who have started and scaled their business through the ups and downs, long hours, and the rewards that come from sacrificing their time to build their business. Welcome to First to Arrive, Last to Leave, the journey of an entrepreneur. Well, Aaron, um, we met at Goldman Sachs and uh, in Baltimore when they were hosting a big event uh, for all their graduates. And it was really funny that we were able to connect there because I don't think we would have met otherwise. And to hear about like what your business was and how you were maybe going to pivot, I loosely suggested you start a podcast and you said about what? And I said, well, small business, because a lot of businesses don't have the opportunity to have a voice. There are other podcasts out there, but typically they are talking to businesses that are much greater than the ones that are that have graduated from the program. And you know, really giving them the opportunity to, to share about why they started and what their why was. And also like, do you need to be a five or $10 million company to equal success? I mean, I don't think that's needs to be that way. And so when I was like, you said, what, who are we going to interview? And I was like, we're sitting in a room <laughs> of 12,000 small business owners. Like this is your audience. So, you know, we let that go in July and we kind of giggled it off. And then I was like really excited that you take the time to reach out to me and wanted to do this because quite honestly, I was given the opportunity to have a voice in my business and I would love to give other people the opportunity to maybe have um, advertising or exposure or even just, you know, being able to share their story. Yeah, no, and I agree. And I think so we both, when we say that Goldman Sachs, 10,000 pro 10,000 small businesses program. Yeah. We both went through Dallas. You were cohort 19. Yeah, I did mistakenly put 20 on an email the other day. Okay. So hopefully no one hurts you for that. <laughs> yeah. But um, I was 22 and we were, it was the first time we met in person since COVID. I know you guys did yours virtually. Yeah. And basically for those of you who are listening who aren't familiar with the program, it's a free program. It's phenomenal. The goal is Goldman Sachs, you have to qualify for it. You have to have so many employees, make so much income. Yeah. And they put you through a pretty intense 12 week, 16 module pro like really analyzing your business and helping you understand mm -hmm. how to grow. And their idea is like, let's get these people to grow. And when meeting in person and the reason why I say, you know, we met in person, it was, there's so much power to knowing you're not alone. Like, and we really were able to bond over those facts. Like, Oh, wait a minute. I'm not the only one who struggles with this. Like mm -hmm. growing a business is a very lonely place because you can't confide in your employees you shouldn't imply you know yep my poor husband is my sounding board constantly right <laughs> and I remember like that being in person like we got deep and we got I mean there were tears there were you know like mm -hmm. oh wait I'm not the only one going through this and so that's where I love these conversations to be able to put them out in the world so somebody's listening to me because I know so many people who are on that verge of stopping or that verge of I'm screwing up or that verge of, whoa, this person is doing way, I, I'm horrible, I'm not doing this. But when you know the bumps, the true stories, yeah. what really happened to them to get to that place, you're like, oh wait, I'm on, I'm right on, I'm right where I should be. Like I'm right on par. You, you don't, it's very, very, very rare to hit seven figures in nine months. Like that doesn't happen. So the expectation that I have that I should mm -hmm. be there isn't correct and I'm right where I should be. So I hope that this podcast 
really inspires people like who maybe are on the verge or who real you know who are like thinking bad thoughts about themselves right <laughs> whatever it is yeah that it's hard whatever that they can stop and say no I'm I'm okay I'm right you know I'm where I should be or maybe I need to change something or maybe wow that's something I never thought of before type of deal and to your point it doesn't have to be a billion dollar exit to be successful right exactly I, and you know I'm my business partner is my husband. So we spend Oof. a great deal of time together. We're parenting, we're married, we're small business owners, you know, and to to your point, it's a lot of the times I don't want to talk to him about business after work because what am I going to say? Oh, my boss was a jerk to me today. It's like, no, that's not <laughs> what we're going to do. But I you know, I've been able to through the program connect with people who are further along in their business, who are right on par with our business and who are just starting. And what that allows you to do is gain perspective, which I don't think I had before. Like I think I, naively, and I say this very, you know, this is very matter of fact, naively I've done a lot of things. And mostly because if I stopped to think about what the <laughs> risk would be, um, I wouldn't do it. Like a lot of people are like, oh, do you have a business plan when you started? It was like, no, we were literally flying by the seat of our pants and opportunities keep presenting themselves and you just have to run through that door. It literally wasn't until the program. And I remember very distinctly the I, the face I made because, you know, we're on camera uh, and they were like, okay, what's your exit strategy? And I went, exit strategy? I always thought that was something that you did when you were failing. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, we that is not an opportunity for us. We, we can't fail. We've got too much time and money invested in this. And so when I brought that point up, I remember uh, Josh, he was very adamant like about sharing that. And now I know what my exit strategy is. And I'm more confident in meetings. I know my numbers. Like that program changed everything for me. But what it did was give me perspective. Yeah. Just to be able to talk to other business owners. And like, like you said, I, I cried a lot during that program. Mostly because it was like, tears of joy because I was yeah. like wow we hit this milestone or you know wow that that was terrible that oper you know that situation didn't work in my favor so yeah. I don't know I I for me I find that I most gravitate gravitate towards women in business and pe people in business yeah I don't I don't know if I have much in common with when with anybody else yeah unfortunately no, we've <laughs> talked about that too where it's like yeah I feel very alienated. And I will say this, and I don't mean to lie. I know this is like how we met and yeah. we're going to be talking to 10 KSBers. So I know there's going to be a lot of talk about 10 KSB. But I just came home yesterday <laughs> from NABO, which yes. is a women's organization, but they have a partnership with 10K. And so there's a lot of 10Kers in the NABO program. And there were several people who were like run the program at the meeting. Mm -hmm. And I came home and like I was like so um, like I almost cried just talking about it. But I'm like, I love these people that I've met through. Like, mm -hmm. I love being around them. I love the people. There's just something. And I've been part of a lot of different groups. I had like, I've, this is not my first go around in business. Yeah. There is something about this group where you feel like these are your family and not the crazy family. Right. I've got those. <laughs> but they're your, like, I just told my husband, I'm like, I love being around these people. Mm -hmm. And there's just something about it that I cannot describe or explain, but like, it's like you, you've gone home every time you're surrounded by them and it's genuine hugs yes. and it's genuine questions and it's genuine mm -hmm. concern. Like, how are you? What's going on? 
um, and it's so rare and hard to find. So it's going to be awesome that we get to like yep. purposely surround ourselves with those people all the time. Do you honestly do you often think too that like when you meet them in person and they see your response to something, they've either had that response or they know the look. Yeah, because that that has happened to me a few times where. You know, I've I've maybe tried to share a story with with a friend who's not a business owner and their first inclination is to just turn around and walk away. And like that's just not an option. Whereas like I've sat in meetings with people and like I'm sharing my story and I can see the look across the table like, oh, my gosh, I've been there. And then they come around the table and they they, they said, well, this is how I went through it and able to or or they're catching something that um, some sort of remark or something right. you said. And then they're like, hey, are you OK? Yes. Like, is our, you know, are things going okay? And then it just, it, knowing that they've possibly been through it and you have the opportunity just to sort of spill your guts for five minutes and they're not going to judge you, that is, that has been everything for me too. Yeah. Like, we have a, a friend in common who also graduated through the program. And I've been on a call with her many a times where she's sharing something and I'm like, oh, I've been through that. Yeah. And you cry with them and then you're like, okay, like, pick ourselves up by our bootstraps let's move on and what can i do to help yeah that is another big thing about the program yeah for me yeah um and i, I know you too it's just you doors open up because you you asked for help you ask for help and they teach you to think differently like it's yes. like that's one of the things where it's like i'm it, like that whole alone thing and that whole like okay instead of dwelling in this pit of despair <laughs> Like, right. how can I look at this differently? Well, what, how do I analyze an opportunity? Where can I go to? Or, you know what I'm saying? It just, it's very, I would love to know, and I know we're going to, I know, well, we got some time. <laughs> so a little bit about your business sure. and where, where you were kind of going in mm -hmm. and what really shifted and changed for you coming out of it. So we are a candle and bath and body manufacturing company. Uh, we really just. What's your Start, company name first it's, of all? Uh, company name is Purveyors of Fragrance. Okay. It has had many names in the evolution um, and the growth of the business. Uh, we, My husband was a manager for Trader Joe's. Uh, he worked for them for 20 years. I worked for a company called Dermalogica. So we were really vested in our jobs. I wasn't really setting out to be an entrepreneur. I knew I wanted to have the time freedom <laughs> that an entrepreneur How's that going has. For you? <laughs> yeah, that's not going anywhere for me. Um, and so we, you know, we've always had ideas. Like there was a time we went out to um, Colorado and toured a bunch of breweries. And I remember Troy saying, like, this is what I want to do. Like something in manufacturing. Like, look how excited everybody is to participate in the growth of this business. And so I've always kind of racked my brain about it. And then um, we got married in Ireland in uh 2012 and when we got home from the trip i was like i'm gonna make a perfume of where we got married and went and took like a private perfume class came home and was like look i had made this thing you know and troy was like you should make candles he's like my friend's wife makes candles i'm like that is a dumb idea <laughs> like i don't have time for that i have a career of which i loved very much yeah. um and worked for a female founder was all about female or women in business and supporting women in business. So I felt like I was set. Uh, and then we moved uh, to San Diego uh, and for multitude of reasons, but one particular, we were talking about maybe opening a franchise. It did not go together or did not happen well. Uh, and we ended up living in San Diego and I was commuting to Santa Monica for work. Ooh. 
during that time, I had something where I was sidelined and I was out of work for a couple of weeks. Um, and I had this candle making kit and I, I'm a busybody, so I can't sit still. So naturally I'm like in the kitchen and I'm pouring candles on the stove with the fragrance that I had made. No clue really what it is that, uh, I'm doing one and two, you know, more so just goofing off. And it sort of evolved, and then it kind of took over the, you know, the kitchen, and then I put it up on Etsy, like, oh, this will be fun. And I had, you know, my friends graciously buy the first round of candles. Uh, and then I had a client at Dermalogica one day. She's like, do you know how wholesale works? And I was like, not a clue. She goes, you just walk into a store and, you know, say, here, here's my product. Here's who I am, like, uh, and hopefully you'll get a sale. And like I said, so naively – Okay, sure. I'll, that's exactly how it goes. So I didn't even have a line sheet at the time. I literally walked in with a tray of candles into this sweet little boutique in Santa Monica and was like, hey, I'm Courtney. I own this company called Holbrook Candle Co. That's what it was called at the time. And, you know, I want to sell my candles to you. And she was so gracious and literally bought every fragrance. Oh, my gosh. And so I was I, – I, I've never seen a check written – that much money at one time for something I've made. So naturally I was like a little high on it. I was like, great, where am I going next? And I literally left and went into the next store a couple of miles later and got another sale. Okay. I'm so like, stop here. <laughs> Did you have any plan of how you're going to fulfill these sales? No. Okay. No. <laughs> right, I mean, I had product, I had, um, <laughs> material at home. I just didn't, I wasn't expecting it to go that way. Like, quite literally. <laughs> I was like, this can't be how this works because this is too easy. And I'm in sales partially, right, as an esthetician. So when I'm all of a sudden, I'm like cranking and I'm like, okay, I think I can I make something of this. So, you know, I had clients that were in um, the industry. So they'd be like, hey, could you do it for this gift bag? Could you do something custom? And we just kept sort of fulfilling these orders. And then there became, I mean, it was kind of happening in 2008 was like that craft movement in L.A. There was all these great um, companies that like Artisanal LA um, was one that we worked with and they would host these big events in like Pasadena. They'd close down streets and, you know, all these artisans, uh, candle makers, jam makers, uh, someone who does pickles. I mean, hundreds of business in this really nice area of Pasadena. And we brought every candle we made and we sold out the first night. And I'm like, what is happening? This is, wow. you know, and that was everybody during that event. So that started a whole nother thought process. Like, oh my gosh, like we could, could I leave my job and, and make this a business? Like I didn't think about it. How many years way. in are you at this point or not even a year? I probably not even, not even like six months. Wow. Yeah. And it was, you know, cause you're, I'm, I'm commuting. So yeah. my only days to work are, uh, I believe I was off Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and I would drive back to um, the spa on Wednesday, work all day Wednesday, and then my grand I stayed I was my grandparents' roommate uh, for almost three and a half years doing that commute, and and then we I'm trying to think what where was like like where things like sort of shifted, and I think we started to. Oh, I know what it was. Okay, so Artisanal LA did um, a pop-up inside the Las Vegas market, the gift show. I had 
zero clue what a gift show entailed. And they were they basically gave us a roadmap on how to do it. And they allowed us to have the opportunity to be in the building. Normally a booth would cost, you know, thirty five hundred dollars. And collectively we paid for I don't remember what the square footage was, but there was about 20 of us, small Whoa. businesses. And I think it was probably five or $600. If It was probably more than that, but that's just what keeps ringing a bell. And now all of a sudden, I'm in front of buyers that I wouldn't have had access to, right? Maybe big box retailers or boutiques that come from all over um, and sort of descend on Vegas. And we're just writing orders. And I didn't know how I was going to fulfill them. I just knew that like we had opportunity and we were going to keep um, moving the train in the right direction. I decided to make it a real business and step outside of Dermalogica. I had done multiple things with the company in my time with them. And Jane Werwin, who's the founder, you know, she always, she referred to us as her tribe, but she always spoke in terms of like, about us having our own businesses. That's how I always, I always heard her. Everything that she was saying, you know, uh, if if someone tells you to think outside of the box, what box? Uh, Businesses are made in recessions. Like she had these great one-liners and I always felt it was her saying like, I'm giving you this knowledge, go out and do something with it. Whether it be, you know, go start your own spa or go start your own business. It was like, get out there and, and, and make something happen. And so when Dermalogica sold um, in 2015, in the fall of 2015, they were gracious enough uh, to gift some or to gift their employees a percentage of their pay for the amount of years they'd worked for the company. Wow! And I remember opening the letter and just being like, "Oh my, this is it! She's telling me I gotta go make this happen." And that's what we did. We used that money to fund the opportunity to to make this a business. Now at the time in San Diego, we had a 300, 400 square foot guest house on the property. So naturally that became our, uh, our studio. And we were working out of there and we had gotten a few orders. And at the time um, when I had left Dermalogica, I left a note for Jane. Um, the first time I met her, she wrote up in Santa Monica, at the spa on a bicycle and just was like, welcome to the team. Super gracious. Like she's got hundreds of people that work for her, but that was really cool. That took the time to come down. I mean, she lived in the neighborhood, but that was just, I thought was really cool. So the card had a bike on it and it just really went into everything I just said, which was like, she had this impact on me. I always felt like she was telling me to go start a business. And I left, I told her the whole story of the candles, left a candle and that was it. And I felt like that was a chapter closed and I was really pleased with the time that I had spent there. And then I think it was like in April, we were on a family vacation. I get an email from the director of marketing at the time, Sean Brown. And she said, Courtney, I didn't know you left. And I said, yeah, you know, I'm I'm making candles now. And, and she goes, I heard. And she goes, let me tell you how I heard about what you're doing. And she said that they uh, were sitting at a table they're all discussing what the corporate gift is going to be that year. So let me backtrack a little bit. In the beginning of leaving, uh, I decided that I was just going to cold call all these big production houses. So fragrance houses, packaging companies, glass companies. And most people, really nobody gave me the time of day. Uh, And then this one uh, fragrance rep called me 
back and he um, I said, hi, my name's Courtney. I, I own this candle company in San Diego and I really would love to buy your uh, some fragrance from you. And he says, he's he introduced himself. He says, my name's Ron Benton and I run this uh, division and I sell in this area. And I said, okay, well, I, you know, I would really like to buy some stuff. And he goes, well, how much Vol, you know, how much volume are you looking to, to purchase? And I was like, I don't know, 10 to 20 pounds. And he goes, listen, uh, we don't sell in that, you know, small of volume. We, we usually start at about 50 pounds of fragrance. Now, I don't know what 50 pounds of fragrance is at this time. I've never seen that much fragrance except for we have like little 16 ounce containers. And so I was like mortified, first of all. And then second, it also it like kind of lit a little fire because I was like, well, I'm I'm going to call you. And he's like, you know, when you get a little bit bigger, why don't you give me a call and and we can maybe um, facilitate an order for you. So fast forward now of having this call with um, Sean and she said that Jane had showed us your website and that she wanted you to do the gift this year. She wanted you to do the candle. Wow. And I was like floored. I didn't know how we were going to do it. I just knew we were going to do it, right? I was like, and how many orders is this? So this was about a thousand pieces. Wow. Yeah. And so typically, you know, we're probably doing a thousand candles, you know, (laughs) over a month's time because you're hand pouring them. We don't have a huge wax melter. We have, you know, we were hand mixing everything. So then, so of course I said yes, because I'm like, we have to figure this out. Um, and then, you know, then the phone calls start trickling and we get a call from the glass company. This is who's going to provide the glass. We get a call call from the box company. This is who's going to provide the box. And then the fragrance house called me and he was like, hello, uh, Miss Radloff. Uh, this is Ron Benton. And I, I froze because I was like, Ron, is that you? (laughs) I was like, you told me last month that I was too small for you. I'm like, and I, now we get to write an order with you. I'm so excited. He was so embarrassed. He was like, he was apologizing. He invited um, my husband and I to meet him for uh, lunch one day, and he was going to drive the fragrance up. And that day. So can I pause you? Because yeah. how did it work that they called you? Like, how does it, how did they know to call you? Like, how did he know to call sure. you for this order? So they had commissioned uh, his company to make the fragrance. Who's they? Uh, the fragrance house at okay. the time. And okay. he worked for that fragrance house. Okay. So, yeah. And so he called me because he was the rep yeah. for our region and they were the fragrance house. Okay. So his Dermalogica had a special blend that they were going to use. Oh, they were going to use for your candle. For the oh, candle. Yeah, okay. so they were okay. providing the fragrance. And, yeah, and honestly, we he spent a couple of hours with us really explaining how the industry worked. We would not have had that opportunity that knowledge had this all not transpired the way that it did and i think that's where like i kind of let fear was like not enough like not part of the conversation i was just like oh now i can have these really intelligent conversations with a fragrance house or a packaging company because dermalogic had you know essentially stamped us as like hey they can do this yeah which goes to one of the things that jane says which is um, about giving a hand up and not a hand out. And I very much, even in our business now, everybody who works for us has a side hustle. I'm very um, adamant about entrepreneurs having something else going on if they're working for us. Because then they're seeing 
exactly what's happening in our business, the ups and the downs. And they're there. We tell them that they can ask any questions. We want to support them because, you know, eventually it'd be kind of amazing if they were able to take a step and yeah. go start their or, or, you know, grow their companies per se. So that happened. And that really sort of opened a lot of doors because all of a sudden we had access to things we didn't have access to before. Uh, and then we kept going to trade shows. And the more trade shows that we did, the more opportunities we had. And I would say you know, everything has been a risk, right? You're trying to decide what kind of business you're in. Are you going to sell to boutiques? Are you going to sell to big box stores? Um, and it wasn't really until we moved to Texas. I mean, we were we were a business in San Diego um, and had a warehouse. We shared a warehouse there. And I think that that warehouse was a test because we you know, we were working in the house. We had yeah. uh, the living room, the guest room, uh, the garage, a storage unit, everything was full of supplies. And I had just had a baby. So we were trying to figure it out and we're like, okay, if this is really going to work, we need to see if we can put it in a warehouse and actually scale it. Yeah. And we were able to do that and we saw the opportunity to scale. I mean, there were some missteps in that and how we ended up in Texas and that can be a whole nother story. But all in all, we landed here. We landed in Addison actually right down the street yeah. I was getting off the freeway coming here I was like okay look there's the first warehouse I mean that's sort of um, a sign if you will and we kind of just grew and and I think you know I've when things have gotten rocky I've always been able to fall back on my esthetician license and go back to work and yeah. I've done that a couple of times um, but we've always trudged forward so I mean, that's sort of the long and short version. Yeah. No, that's <laughs> awesome. Hold on. Let me see. Okay. Is Deb, I'm going to make sure Deb's not here before we go further. Sure. Um, um, okay. No, that's awesome. So <laughs> can you, though, before we – can you talk quick about where you are at now? Like sure. your big box because, like, you – you are in big box now. Yeah. So the company, so we do uh, white label. So we white label for about 30 different brands. And then we um, are getting ready to launch. We've been doing it, just hasn't been official, um, to launch where other um, small businesses can lean on us to make product for them um, in a smaller space. Uh, like a Like a tiny boutique or let's say a ski resort or a spa, you know, they want to have branded products. We do, we can do that now. And we've moved into bath and body. So we've got pump soaps and lotions and bar soaps and such. And we do, we do work in high volume and quick turn. I like to call it seasonal trend because we can take a concept that is presented to us and have a label design, have fragrances um, made uh, and created. And then from start to finish, um, it's about six weeks. And, you know, we're we're tracking right now about 5,000 units a day. We're on par to double our production line. Wow. We've been discussing what it would look like to go automated because, as we know, uh, finding employees is becoming uh, very <sighs> difficult, which is, like I said, like a whole nother topic and conversation. And so now – the business is sort of like churning on its own, which has given me opportunities to 
invest my time in other things, hence why we're sitting at this table. Um, I have, um, you know, a, a lot of irons in the fire, which we can probably talk yeah. about at some other time. But the candle business is our baby. You know, it's uh, my daughter was uh, born or not born. We found out I was pregnant the um, three days before my husband's last day at Trader Joe's. Wow. And I remember sitting at the <laughs> breakfast table, like we went out to breakfast because we literally did not did not know what we were doing at that point. And he's like, well, way to be all in. Like, so I was, I was pregnant while we were growing everything wow. that's happened in our business. Our daughter's like on par, like they all kind of go through yeah. little things and ups and downs. And honestly, she's the easiest part, but no, the, we're having so much fun. And Goldman was really what told me I had a business. Yeah. Because I remember that they put the numbers up collectively of what your cohort made yeah. in, you know, 2020. And I looked at that number and I was like, that's phenomenal. Like it was, I think it was like around 19 million wow. collectively our cohort had made. And I remember sitting in my like one-on-one and uh, Paul had said, he's like, he's like, yeah, you know, look at your numbers. Like, this is really good. I was like, you think, cause you know, when you think about a business, a small business or, you know, what yeah. success is, you think it's going to be $20 million. Yeah. And so for him to like justify one that we were doing something and that it was successful and working and he goes, you kind of got a nice chunk of this. And I was, that made me feel empowered. And there was yeah. so, it, I was tracking everything that happened during each week something was happening yeah that was exactly what was happening in my business i almost felt like oh man i'm probably taking over this conversation but they'd be starting to talk about um potential investors and that week we had been approached by an investor yeah. and I, I mean i remember i called um josh and paul and i was like could you walk me through this because i i don't know how this works um it ended up not being um the right fit for us but to that point it's like every week yeah. You know, and then when we're talking about personalities and like your work personalities, I'm analyzing oh. everybody in my in the office, you know, you know <laughs> what that did to? for me? Like I used to beat myself up for my personality. Like I'm not salesy enough or I'm not this. And that whole process was like, no, I'm really like I'm a driver. Like yes. you want me to get if you if anybody needs anything done. <laughs> I'm going to do it. So it's okay if I don't walk into a room and like talk to everybody. I'm going to get it done. Like, <laughs> so it's like I've that moment was like the first time I stopped beating myself up for who I was, you know? Anyway, yeah. go ahead. No, and that, I mean, that's, there are so many things that happened during the program that I, even now I'm like, oh, I would not have been able to stand up to that conversation had I not had the uh, wherewithal of, of yeah. what it is to be another CEO talking to a CEO. Yeah. Like, you know, the many conversations, even banks. Like I've, I, I feel more brave calling and, and asking for what I want or what I need or um, or just being a straight shooter. I think I, my husband would probably say I beat around the bush a lot of the times when it comes to conversation. I don't think I do that anymore after yeah. this program. Like I'm a, and I know my limits. Like I, people keep asking me like, oh my gosh, you have too much on your plate. And it's like, no, actually this is what brings me joy. And I'm me doing this and me being in business is instilling that same fire in my daughter. I can I can see it yeah. already. Wouldn't you say that for your kids? Oh, 100%. My daughter's yeah. oh, my daughter's dream, she actually is mapped out. So part of anybody who knows me is my love for animals. We've got five dogs right now. I just got a new foster. And she's got her mapping out. It's called Paws. She's already named it. 
and she's got she had like this whole building planned out and she'll tell she told me today what pause is going to do they're going to train dogs and get them adoptable like it's just like she is and i have no doubt she will make that happen my son we'll learn about my son (laughs) but my daughter i have no doubt like she's got she is set she will do it so that's that's a testament to what who you are and what you've done what you've been able to do in the time that you've been like yeah. working professional. When do yeah. you think you started like actually working? Oh, from I grew up on a farm. So okay, I've been so working like, since literally <laughs> literally since I was 5 years old was okay. my first job cuz my I had older brothers and sisters and I was bored and yeah. I went to my dad I'm like, you know, there I'm bored like <laughs> this is <laughs> my personality was very fit at 5, but I'm like I'm bored, I need something to do. So he's like, "Okay, here's your job." And I had to give all the cows minerals like I had to give I carried a bucket and gave them that was my first job. And I've never stopped working since then. So I've always been. Yeah. And I was the kind I had four different jobs in college. Like I will juggle. My husband hates because I'm just like, we'll figure it out. Like we'll bring in because I'm begging him for a mom dog with puppies that's got dumped (laughs) off at the shelter and i'm like let's bring her in and he's like what are you gonna do with a mom and i'm like we're gonna figure it out like we're just gonna fill our little plate up and we're gonna figure out how this all fits out here and he's like no no so he's put his foot down but yeah do you also think too this is something that has like come up in conversation recently if you have momentum you're unstoppable but if someone tries to tell you no you you like or you, or you get blocked somehow, you pivot into something else and you go a completely different direction. Like, with yeah, work. yeah. I've yeah. had that moment too. Yeah. I've had that a lot recently where I'm like, okay, I'm stuck here. What can I feed to yeah. get, to give it legs? Yeah. And that's kind of why everything I feel like is kind of happening at the same time right now, because I, you know, we've got a couple things happening in the candle business. And then there's like a couple other businesses that are just sort of like taking off. And I, I don't know. I love it. Yeah. Like giving it, runway yeah absolutely okay now you're gonna tell me about how well so let's do this because i know we're running short on time yes and truth be told i think it could be another great episode for a future because there are definitely some things happening in my business so yeah. as this goes out it'll be public like i have a business partner i will no longer have a business partner yep. the name of my business will change um because of goldman sachs we our business is or I guess my business now, but it's podcast production. So we help businesses specifically. Like if you're coming in to be the next Joe Rogan, I cannot help you. I don't want to help you. (laughs) Not to say I'm not going to discourage anybody. Okay. Like, please go do your thing. But we want to help businesses specifically. So there is a purpose behind this. This is part of your whole marketing plan as a whole, however you use it, whether it's networking uh, to sell a product or service, um, you know, there's so many different ways you can utilize this medium to grow your business. And so we, we've got to make it a, a plan in that because when you don't get a million, you know, so many people, they, oh my God, it's going to be amazing. And when you don't get a hundred million downloads by episode five, they quit. So we really focus on what is the ROI. Now, with that being said, I started to see this problem when I started entering 10K SB and then when it became, you have to create a growth plan I saw it like, okay, my clients are coming to me who are 100 episodes in or whatever. And they're like, okay, we've got the moment. Like, I love doing this. I'm mm-hmm. seeing results. How do I grow the podcast? How do I get this out to more people? And that's a whole nother game of an, in of, of itself. I see a lot of people make and create podcasts, but it's what you, it's like if a, 
you know, if the tree falls in the woods, but nobody's there to hear, did it really make a sound? It's the same type of thing. Like if you're creating great content, but nobody's listening to it, is it really doing anything for you? Mm-hmm. And so it's really about, okay, well, let's do podcast guesting services. Let's get you on other people's podcasts. Let's really work your social media because when you're going to want to get on other people's podcasts, that's the first place they're going to go. Does this yep. people post? Do they, you know, does this business do stuff? So we want to work that whole thing. Cause that's how you're going to that's how we're reaching out to people like, hey, we've we've been talking to you on Twitter. Like, how about you bring on my client type of deal? So it's like a whole intricate deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now we offer those services, too. So there's a lot changing. And <laughs> probably best thing to do is since it's very like <laughs> happening right now, um, like in a couple of months, maybe we get to episode 20 or something, kind of bring yeah. back and either I'm in a fetal position crying or it works it's gonna out. It's going to be great. So, yeah. So it's kind of at that place. So. But yeah, we can come back to so it. So do we want to talk about like what we're calling this? Yes, absolutely. Okay. And where? Oh, we have two minutes. So Deb is probably here. Okay. So real quick, um, I don't want to be on my phone while So real quick, first to arrive, last to leave. Can you like close us out with why you came up with that name? Sure. So we were lucky enough to hear Michael Bloomberg speak. Uh, in Baltimore. And one of the things he said, and I wrote it down, is, I mean, I've heard the the phrase numerous times, but entrepreneurs are usually the first to arrive and the last to leave. And no truer words have been spoken. I'm usually there before staff and I'm usually there after staff. And I think that gives us sort of some groundwork to tell these entrepreneur stories. It's like, okay, Art, you know, you are, you, what do they say that you, uh, you leave a 40 hour work week <laughs> to work 80. That also, um, very true. But don't you love every minute of it? Like, I do. I, I don't know how what I would do I without know. a business. I know I've thought about like, God, it would be so easy. Like I could just like, you work 40. They really aren't what, like you really work 20. I mean, that's what my corporate life was like. I remember one time going to, I was working as a contractor and they were like, okay, here's your job. You got 80 hours. I'm like, okay, yeah, I could get this done in 20. They're like, you have 80 hours. The client is getting billed for 80 hours. And I'm like, uh, okay, it'll take me 80. And they're like, okay. Like, and that was like, there's moments where I'm like, yeah. oh, that life would be so easy, but I'd be lost. So absolutely. And I, you know, I know that this can be um, a hindrance having a phone and, and all of that stuff. But when a client reaches out to me, it is a joy to be able to respond. respond immediately. I know that's annoying for a lot of people. Uh, my husband probably mostly, but I, I want to hear about what you're doing. I want to hear about your day. And I think that's one of the things I'm most looking forward to, um, when we're interviewing people is like, I feel like I'm going to get an education. Yeah. And I truly, truly am curious about why people start, why, why they continue, why they choose to sell. And then all the messy stuff in the middle of all that. (laughs) I agree. All right. Well, Here's to episode one and uh, many more to come. (laughs) I know. Cheer our water bottles. (laughs)